Hi, welcome to Ha'igeret, or The Message, a unique journal of original and plagiarized Jewish thought, in the merit of my grandfather, Benjamin Ari Ben Leah, for a refuah shlema, a complete healing for Esther Batsipura, and in the merit of all of those affected by the Surfside tragedy. In last week's Parsha, we read of Bilam, this non-Jewish sorcerer, and his attempt to curse the Jewish people. If you remember, he wasn't successful initially. Bilam fails and is only able to bless B'nai Yisrael. And then suddenly his 15 minutes of narrative fame are done. Or are they? According to the Talmud and the Midrash, Bilam then goes to the king of Moab, Balak, who originally, you know, asked him to go to B'nai Yisrael, and conspires to truly take down the Jewish people. Bilam counsels Balak to entice the Jewish men to commit some sexual immorality with the women of Moab and Midian. Immediately after the saga of Bilam and his three blessings, we read that B'nai Yisrael settles in a city called Shittim, which is east of the Jordan River in Moab. They become engaged in what the Torah calls Liznot, or straying with the women of Midian and Moab, who have been encouraged by Bilam and Balak to help with the downfall of B'nai Yisrael. According to the Midrash, the Midianite and Moabite women also entice the Jewish men to commit Avodah Zarah, idolatry, as well as Gilui Ariot, sexual impropriety. And things go a bit crazy. So crazy, in fact, that one pair of the consorting cavorters, if you will, actually conduct some of their relationship in front of the Ohel Moed, the Tent of Meeting, in front of the leaders of Bnei Yisrael and Moshe. Moshe and the other leaders absolutely freeze. They, of course, know the right thing to do, i.e. stop them, but in the heat of this crazy moment, it totally eludes them. In one of the more violent and descriptive events of our Torah, Pinchas, or Phineas, grandson of Aaron, is the sole actor, and he impales the pair. It's Zimri, from the tribe of Shimon of Simeon, and Cosby, a Midianite princess, when he sees them doing their stuff in front of the Ohal Moed. And then the Parsha ends, kind of suddenly. At the beginning of this week's Parsha, we kind of pick up. Again, this is Parsha at Pinchas. Hashem bestows our previously aforementioned zealot Pinchas a Brit Shalom, a covenant of peace, because of his righteous acts. This is interesting. A covenant of peace for impaling two people? I have some questions. And then God also welcomes Pinchas into the priesthood, the kahuna. But Shira, you may ask, wasn't Pinchas a descendant of Aaron? Aren't all descendants of Aaron Kohanim priests anyway? Yes, I would answer. You have been listening. Great job. Pinchas was a Levi from the tribe of Levi, but he was not a Kohen. We discussed this a few weeks ago. There's a difference between being a plain old Levi and being a Kohen. The legacy of priesthood was only given to Aaron's sons and the sons that those sons begot after being ordained. Pinchas was already born, though, so he wasn't included in the descendants that became Kohens until now. So I just have one question before we move on. Why does someone whose most famous act is impaling two people, why does he get a covenant of peace? Well, there are a few different interpretations of what shalom, what peace really means. Shalom is related to the Hebrew word shalem, meaning whole or complete. And now I'm going to straight up quote from Wikipedia, quote, the meaning of completeness central to the term shalom can also be confirmed in related terms found in other Semitic languages. The Assyrian term salamu means to be complete, unharmed, paid slash atoned. Sulmu, another Assyrian term, means welfare. 
A closer relation to the idea of shalom as a concept and action is seen in the Arabic root salam, meaning to be safe, secure, and forgiven, among other things. End quote. So shalom and its relatives can mean safe, forgiven, atoned, and also peaceful. These words are very different, but they do communicate wholeness at their core. So Pinchas wasn't necessarily given this Brit, this covenant for being a calm guy. Pinchas' act, as God says, delivered Bnei Israel from being completely destroyed due to their transgressions. He atoned for them, he kept them safe, and he helped God to forgive Bnei Israel. This word Brit is used elsewhere, notably with the Brit Milah, the circumcision ceremony for Jewish baby boys eight days after they're born. The Brit is what welcomed Avraham Avinu, Abraham the OG Jew, at age 99 into Judaism, and it's what also welcomes every Jewish baby boy into the legacy of Judaism today as well. Pinchas has now become a symbol often referenced in the Brit Milah ceremony for a few reasons. One is obviously that the Brit Shalom is a well-known example of a covenant with God, the start of Pinchas's legacy and his joining in the kahuna. And the second thing is that both Jewish baby boys and Pinchas received their Brit in one fell swoop. What has a baby boy done at eight days old suddenly become part of this age-old relationship with God? With one act, suddenly this eight-day-old child is part of something much bigger than he is. Avraham, Abraham waited 99 years to be circumcised, and yet a baby boy at eight days old joins that same covenant immediately with one deed and one mitzvah. Pinchas, too, is like these baby boys. He may have had an impressive life before, but this one single act secured his destiny. One moment he's Pinchas Halevi, and a moment later he's Pinchas HaKohen. It's a, it's a big move. If this is paralleling the fabled tortoise and the hare, Pinchas is for sure the hare. Later in this Parsha, we have the official selection of Yehoshua of Joshua as the successor for Moshe as the leader of Bnei Israel. Yehoshua is a great example of the tortoise. He has shown that slow and steady does win the race. He's been by Moshe's side for 40 years now, and only he and Kale, only he and Caleb remain of the original Bnei Yisrael that left Mitzrayim, that left Egypt. And he has been learning from Moshe every step of the way. While Pinchas secured his spot in history in an instant, Yehoshua secures his spot over many years. This shows us that every path to a righteous, successful life is different. While the exterior can always be deceiving, we cannot compare our journeys to the journeys of others. To, to pivot for a second, I talk about this a lot in my personal human life, but I, I hate LinkedIn. If you are not familiar, LinkedIn is the most toxic of all the social medias because it's literally for sharing things that cannot be possibly glorified, our jobs and careers. I will put it in the description the way that I see it in my mind in regard to lighting, okay? So, so Instagram is like this softly lit back room in a trendy bar. Facebook is this naturally lit daytime picnic in the park. And LinkedIn is a fluorescent, starkly white warehouse. Nothing can be obscured or hidden from sight on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the easiest place to compare the career journeys of others to your own because of this. In nicely formatted pages and personalizable headings and statuses, you can see exactly what your high school, camp, hometown, preschool friends have been up to. And it's quite easy to feel like a failure on LinkedIn. But if we learn anything from Yehoshua and Pinchas, it's that no one's journeys are identical. Pinchas is the startup whiz kid who graduated college at 18 and makes his first million before he's 30. 
Yehoshua is the older, interview-shy CEO who's been slowly building his business since he was 18, only to find success later in his 40s. Or if you're a pop culture person, we can do it this way. Pinchas is Timothy Chalamet, and Yehoshua is John Hamm. However we put it, all are impressive and valid. Your journey is your own, so may you and I find our own version of shalom, of peace within our own journeys. Thank you so much for listening. Shabbat Shalom. I hope you have a great, great weekend.